Thank you, Kim. That's a great song. Well, good morning, everybody. Many of you are probably surprised to see me fill in the pulpit today. I am too. <laughs> but for those who don't know, I'll give you a little explanation. After attending the North Alabama Conference in 2018, came back home, and I began to feel that God was leading me to become a lay speaker. Now, I tried to place the idea back on the back burner, but do you know God just kept moving it right back, right in front of me. So I talked with our pastor and with her supporting me, um, I began the process of becoming a lay speaker and I've taken some courses through our uh, district office which uh, were just wonderful courses. That doesn't make me a preacher of course, but uh, it did uh, help me on my journey that I'm starting. And I know I'm starting this journey a little late in life, but you know God can use us at any stage and any age in our lives. So I really appreciate Reverend Cater uh, giving me the opportunity to spread my wings, so to speak, today. So you're going to be kind of my guinea pigs because this is my first message that I'll, I will be presenting from the pulpit. And um, my prayer is that something I say today will draw um, each of you closer to God. And I do want to say that I'm very happy to have my older son here today and his family, my daughter-in-law, and uh, two of my grandchildren who are back in the back. So they came to support me today, and um, I really do appreciate it. Um, I have two scriptures this morning that um, I would like to share with you. The, both of these scriptures are from the Old Testament, and the first one is 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13. He, Elijah, came to a cave and camped there, and the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, Why are you here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. God said, Go stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind split the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake came. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire came. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And then one verse from uh, the book of Isaiah, this is chapter 30, verse 21. Your own ears shall hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for the privilege that you've given me to bring a message today from your word. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. The scripture that I just read to you from uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 is about an unusual event that occurred in the life of the prophet Elijah. God had called Elijah to confront the wicked king Ahab and his evil wife that all of you have probably heard about, Jezebel. And they worshipped the false god of Baal. The worship of Baal was just rampant in Israel as many of the people, including um, many of the Israelites, had uh, embraced this pagan form of worship. Now, Elijah had already had several confrontations with Ahab and his false prophets. Um, and during these confrontations, God had demonstrated to Ahab and the other people that God was more powerful than Baal. But that was not convincing enough to Ahab. So in a really bold move, Elijah and a group of the devout Israelites slaughtered all the false prophets of Baal. But his victory was um, soon turned to personal defeat because he heard that uh, Jezebel uh, was going to kill him. She had vowed to kill him. So hearing of this, Elijah was extremely distraught and afraid as anyone would be if they had gotten a threat on their life. So he fled to the, welder, to the wilderness and he actually prayed to God to take his life. But God didn't do this, of course. Um, he sent nourishment to him while he was in the wilderness. But Elijah basically became a fugitive and he eventually found his way to Mount Horeb which is also known as Mount Sinai. Um, and he went into a dark cave and he was spending the night there. Now, Elijah was always accustomed to God speaking very loudly to him um, and um, in a booming voice, because that's the way God had spoken to a lot of the prophets. And uh, he also spoke to them through um, spectacular demonstrations of his power, just as he had always done. But this time, it was different. Although God sent the fierce wind and he sent the, um, the earthquake and then the fire, God didn't even speak to him through those. And then Elijah heard the sound of a gentle whisper, a still, small voice, which he'd never heard from God before. I like what the New Revised uh, Standard Version of the Bible says about this. This version says it was the sound of sheer silence. Sheer silence. Let's think about what the sound of sheer silence would be like for us. You know, it's really difficult uh, in today's world to um, have that sheer silence. Um, we go back and forth, uh, running errands, um, or going to work. We hear 
and, and in our vehicles, we hear these constant sounds on the roads and highways that we travel, cars and trucks and 18-wheelers whizzing by, so there's certainly no sheer silence while that's going on. And you know, even in our homes, sheer silence is very rare. We have our refrigerators running, and I can attest to the fact that my refrigerator is extremely loud and that ice maker is loud. Some of you may have that same, uh, same brand of refrigerator that I have. Um, but we have our washing machines going, our dryers going, we have um, dishwashers running and we're having conversations with uh, other people in the home or we're on the phone. We have music playing or we have our TVs on. So about the only time that we can really come close to sheer silence is when we're trying to go to sleep and hopefully all the house is quiet. But even then, sometimes, and you women will probably attest to this, we can hear the sound of snoring too. <laughs> so like I said, it's very hard to have that time of sheer silence anywhere. Throughout the Bible, God spoke to um, people in various ways. Um, soon after the creation, we know that he spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden, and that was most likely the first time that God spoke audibly. He spoke to Moses, as you remember, through a burning bush, and he spoke to Joseph through a dream. Uh, he even spoke to Jonah through a fish, and he spoke to the people through the prophets. We read in Samuel, 2 Samuel 22:14, the Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Ezekiel described God's voice like the noise of many waters. In the New Testament, we know that God sent messages many times through angels and through other means. When Saul was on the Damascus road, um, God spoke to him through a bright light, a blinding light that came upon him. And after Jesus was born and grew up and started his ministry, we know that God conversed with the disciples uh, through his son, Jesus Christ. But you know, something changed at Pentecost the second chapter of Acts describes the events that occurred on the day of Pentecost after Jesus ascended into heaven. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were sent the comforter that Jesus had told them that uh, would come to him after he ascended into heaven. And this comforter came to live inside of them God's Spirit would direct their lives at that point to bring them peace and comfort and guidance whenever they need it. That same Spirit is available to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. And because God is God, he's not confined to a single manner of communicating with his people. The still small voice that Elijah heard demonstrates the fact that God does not always work through spectacular means. Sometimes his ways are very simple and behind the scene. 
And although we don't audibly hear God's voice today, he can speak to us in many, many ways. And here's just a few of these ways. God speaks very clearly through his word, the Holy Bible. We know that the Bible is the ultimate guide for living. And as Christians, we really should be reading our Bible regularly and with our hearts and minds attuned to God for what he is saying to us through his word. Our Bible reading should be done with respect and it should be done with attention and away from distractions. God inspired all the scriptures so he can specifically speak to us through the Bible by drawing our attention to a particular passage. You know, sometimes you'll, get a, you'll hear a song in the morning and that song will keep going in your mind all day long. Well, this can be true with reading a passage in the Bible that perhaps was meant for us to carry us on through the day. The more we read and learn from the Bible, the more ready we'll be able to recognize the voice of God when he speaks, and the more likely that we will obey what we hear. God can speak to us through other people. God brings wise and godly people into our lives sometimes, and he speaks to us through them, through something that they would say to us. We can hear a sermon in the pulpit and just know in our hearts that God is speaking directly to us. And I'm sure that Reverend Rhodes could tell you many times that people have come up to him after um, a sermon and told him that he was preaching directly to them. And we have Christian friends and family whom God can speak through them to help us with our problems that we may be dealing with. And we need to thank God for these Christian friends, people that we can lean on whenever we need somebody to bring us some comfort or just to listen to us. God can speak to us through the circumstances in our life. We all have bad things that happen to us, illnesses, uh, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job or a relationship. And the list can go on and on. And in these times, we are so distraught, and we need an answer to that prayer. And we may want God to thunder out an answer for us when we are really, really in need. But God doesn't do that. But we can have the assurance that he is ever listening and he's always waiting for us to listen to him, whether it's in the good times or whether it's in the bad times. So how do we know that God is speaking, us, speaking to us through our prayers to him? How can we really know that it's God's voice speaking to us? You know, we're so accustomed to praying uh, and bringing our requests to him um, and then saying amen and, you know, getting up and going about our way. But God desires us to listen as well when we pray.
to know that you're hearing God's voice, we need to spend time with him, just listening to him. God will never tell us what to do or what to think or what to say that's contrary to his word. And it's the very spirit of God that speaks not to our minds, but to our spirit, which is deep within us. Romans 8:16 tells us that the spirit himself witnesses with our spirit. Think of it as listening to God, not with physical ears, but with spiritual ears. We can feel God's peace and answers to our prayers in our hearts, not just in our minds. So when we pray, we need to be still, we need to be quiet and patient, and listen for his voice. Whether you pray standing up or sitting down, or on your knees, we need to spend a little extra time after we bring our petitions to God to just listen. And he can speak to us in that um, soft voice. Mother Teresa was once quoted as saying, in the silence of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. So as we listen with our hearts and not our heads, we can learn what God is saying to us. The scripture from Isaiah that I shared with you earlier really says it all. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. We don't need for God to speak to us through a thunderstorm or a fire or a loud, booming voice. We only need to listen, and we can hear him speaking to us deep within our hearts in that still, small voice. We hear him without sound, without any thought, without an audible voice, we can hear him with our spirit. I love Psalms 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. After I prepared this message, I found this beautiful video about listening to that still small voice. It's a song by Rebecca Mazel, and it features children in the message, but the message is for all of us. So I'd like for you to watch and listen to this video. <laughs> <laughs> 